I have a confession for you. Okay. I, <laughs> I hope that's what priests say. Okay. Um, <laughs> I still haven't uh, made a snowman. We've had so much opportunity. We've had a lot of snow, but you know what we haven't had? Time. Yeah. <laughs> we can make a... Um... I should check the weather, and then we can make a plan. <laughs> we can make a plan we to make a snowman. We can schedule it. If there's snow at it snow dance. Sundance. <laughs> Sundance. Yeah. I was thinking of snow, so I conflated. We can make a little snowman in Sundance. We could. We might get some celebrities passing us by. Be like, what are you doing? Be like, she's never made a snowman. And I'd be like, hi, I've never made a snowman. And all of these people from L.A. would probably say the same thing. They'd be like, yeah, me either, and I don't think it's important. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, do you want to hear the history of the snowman? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm like a gremlin that visits you in your sleep. I, last night, I, I, so I finally went to bed at like 2 a.m. Yeah. Because me. And I was just laying there and I woke up at like 4. Like, what was the first beetle brooch? Like, that was all I could think about. Brooch? Like, Brooch. Like, like a pin? Mm-hmm. I must have had a dream about it. But that's yeah. like, I woke up then this morning and I was like, fine, just Google it. Because I had an image in my head of what it looked like. And I Googled it and that's, it wasn't true. Like, the image in my head was just made up. Oh. But like. It wasn't like godly intervention. No. <laughs> like, inserting that image into your brain. I've never. It was inspiration. Did you, did you watch that animated you didn't have to watch all of it, but any of the animated short I sent you from, I like, did. the 20s. Yeah. I did. It was phenomenal. <laughs> that was just things that make me Yeah. Go. For context, one of the first, like, animation shorts in history um, was this, like, Russian stop-motion animated film from, like, the 20s. Or it might have even been, like, 1918, like, super early. Dang. And they used dead bugs as their stop motion puppets. Phenomenal. And it's about like a jilted lover. It's also like kind of hard to get dead insects to pose that well. So either That's what I thought. Either they were freshly dead. Yeah. Or they just had them in relaxing chambers. Relaxing chambers. Mm-hmm. That it's just feels like, more likely. It's like a high humidity chamber you put things in before you pin them so that you can like move their parts around. Yeah, I imagine. Or beetles, you can just boil them. And they probably did that. Whatever's yeah. easiest. It takes a long time to make stop motion films. <laughs> anyway, it's called The Cameraman's Revenge. <laughs> it's Let me amazing. know if you watch it. <laughs> link. We'll put a link in the description. <laughs> let me let me add that to my list. Agenda. Or else I'll so I asked. I asked on my personal Instagram, as well as on the be more specific Instagram. Yeah. No, Tegan, you were like, I'll surprise you with a topic. Yeah, and then I posted it, and I was like, Ah, she can posted see it on all social media <laughs> channels that were available to me. <laughs> <laughs> like everywhere you turn, it's just like results. Um, anyway, so I asked if people wanted bruises, wigs, or soda. I thought soda was going to win. Mm-hmm. Soda came in last. Wigs came first. Oh, interesting. Second. Last night I dreamed that people kept giving me soda. Like literally. So I was dreaming about beetle brooches and you were dreaming about soda? Yeah, I was like stuck in, uh, I think, Alabama and I couldn't figure out how to get home because mm-hmm. I missed my flight. And so I like... Went to Very this, timely. I went to a food truck roundup, and there were a bunch of ladies who were like, here, take this massive cup of Coke. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't like Coke, but I took it anyway. And in my dream, Coke tasted good. Oh, maybe you should try a Coke today. Maybe. What if What if you've changed? <gasps> maybe that was inspiration. <laughs> I the, the beetle was a ruse. <laughs> a con- I Actually, this is my real confession. Mm-hmm. This is the intro confession. Mm-hmm. That guy have a confession. Uh-oh. I mean, tell me more. So I can't tell when wigs are bad. Oh. Like, people will post on Twitter and be like, I can't watch Twilight because Rosalie's wig is so bad. And I'm like, haha, yeah. I can't tell. Becca, it looks fine to Did me. you see Doctor Strange 2? No. Apparently his wig is really bad. Okay, I'm going to look up Doctor Strange. Oh, and Rachel McAdams' wig too. All the wig game. That's like the only movie where I've really known. Oh, that's not true. I think I'm not as discerning as most, but I'm more discerning than you. It doesn't look bad. His? It's so low on his forehead. That is not it's a hair. hairline. It's just hair. Oh I, I, like, look, what about, I, look up Rachel McAdams' wig, oh Doctor Strange. I can't tell. It just looks like hair. No, it like not all hair looks like it's attached to a person. So that's my confession. I don't. You, you should say that you also can't tell when people have had hair plugs. 
Oh, yeah. I can't tell when people have had hair plugs. I can't. I have a hard time telling if someone's, like, dyed their hair. People will be like, oh, that's such an unnatural. Is this just hair related? What about, like, plastic surgery? Like, work? No, I can see. I can tell, like, Botox and stuff. Because it doesn't move right. Yeah, but hair just doesn't. Neither does wig hair. To me, it moves just fine. That's interesting. That's interesting. I didn't know that about you. That I can't tell when someone's wearing a bad wig. Do you wear wigs? Hey, Tegan. Yes, Becca. Do you wear wigs? No, I do not. Have you worn wigs? No, I have not. You're a beautiful man. A beautiful man. Will you wear wigs? Uh, maybe. When will you wear wigs? (laughs) It's so good. Hi, welcome to Be More Specific, a podcast where an entomologist, me, and a film student, me, walk into a podcast and walk out wearing wigs. I'm Tegan. And I'm Becca. That's my new favorite thing is making you go. <sighs> <laughs> I just never, I never expect it. We had a format and we're already we're all, breaking out of it. Well, that's, let's return to our episode on memes. Yeah. That's the point. <sighs> Of life is to have a format and then to slightly, it's evolution, just to slightly make adjustments until you find the best one. It's true. I wonder if we should do a joke where we just never actually talk, like we never do an episode about evolution, but you find a way to insert it into every conversation. Last night also, (laughs) as I was laying, as I was laying in my bed, I was like, oh man, I should get back on the computer and I should add something to my four pages about wigs i should add something about like the evolution of like hair like what hair communicates and i had to like shut it down i had to like shut it down (laughs) simplify simplify it was like 2 a.m i was like tegan come on yeah wig the word wig i figure we're gonna start with a definition because of course um the word wig is short for periwig which makes its earliest known appearance in the English language in William Shakespeare's The Two Gentlemen of Verona, mm. which was wit- written, Witten, Wigan, it was written between 1589 and 1593. It is also considered Shakespeare's worst play. I was like, I've never heard of, I've never heard of this one. And I clicked on the Wikipedia link and it was like, this is widely regarded as Shakespeare's worst play. Oh, so yeah. fascinating. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time it was written, seen yeah, the first in time print. in the English language. Yeah. Okay. Is periwig. it derived from like Latin? So it is also so periwig as Shakespeare wrote it is considered to be an alteration of peruke, which is French, representing the French U. So they changed it to periwig, I guess. Okay, and the French term was also referring to the idea of putting, like, other hair on oh, your head? Oh, the French loved putting other hair on their heads in, like, the 18th century. Were they were they the first ones to do it? Is hypothesized to be, at least for what, like, information we have, is ancient Kemet slash Egypt. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, if you think about, I, I read that and I was like, oh, duh, I forgot, like, ancient Egyptians wore wigs. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But they were often loaded with beads, talismans, mm-hmm. gold, etc. It mm-hmm. wasn't like how a lot of wigs today are like trying to look just like hair. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wearing wigs today, it's more surreptitious, at yeah. least according to. It used to be like really obvious. Mm-hmm. And this was, was, like, it, was it a social class thing? Well, in ancient Kemet and Egypt, it wasn't like slaves weren't allowed to have wigs. Mm-hmm. But like generally everyone else was um, mm-hmm. because they would often... People in Egyptian society would often closely crop their hair or shave their heads um, because of the sun, and it was just hard to keep your hair clean. Mm, That makes sense. And then also, I remembered, we talked about this in perfumes, they would also include, like, vials of perfume or, like, cones of wax on their wigs so that during the day it would, like, smell good also. That's cool. Yeah. I am reminded of Prince of Egypt where I'm pretty sure there's a part where... um, um, a man, like, furiously takes his wig yes, off. Yes, there is. I can see it so yeah, clearly in my yeah, mind. Yeah, as, like, an expression of his rejection of the the monarchy. Yeah. Which is... Yeah. We'll get to that, too, because, oh, boy, wigs have also... There's a lot of wig content in There's movies. There's a, a lot of wig... I've got a lot of references to pull oh, out. God, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Other ancient cultures like the Assyrians, Phoenicians, uh, Jews in ancient Israel, and Greeks and Romans also used wigs as everyday fashion, although not quite as like ubiquitous as it was within ancient Egypt. Notably, in modern times, um, within Judaism, women who practice Hasidic or Orthodox Judaism modernly use the shadal, which is a wig or half wig used to cover the head as a symbol of modesty and privacy. Some people who practice Orthodox Judaism don't like think it's like cool <laughs> to do that because you're just like you have a wig that looks like hair. And so like, well, that's not modest. But there's a lot of like more modern uh, Jewish women who are like, oh, it's fine because the whole point is like to hide your hair, your own hair. So that it's private between you and your husband. That's right. the, like, idea. Well, yeah, and there's, like, similar tradition with the hijab. Mm-hmm. Head, covering, head coverings are, like, everywhere. Yeah, no, I, they're pretty dominant. And specifically, it's not even just... I was like, oh, head coverings within women, but that's not even true. It's constantly people are covering their heads. They're sacred. Sure, yeah. I mean, I like my head. Like, of all the body parts, head? That's, that's, a good, be, that's the one I'd protect. When you... When I say wig... Within, like, historical context, what do you think of? I think of um, France. Yeah. Like, the Rococo period. Hey, whoa, you know the name of the... Who doesn't? Not me. I was like, man, that's a crazy word. Rococo. It is. I typed it. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, the whole... Like, it's the whole thing is excess. I just never... Excess. In the 17th century, the wig really took off. Yeah. That's what I wrote verbatim. Um, Mm -hmm. I also bolded 17th century because Tegan's not so good with dates and this is super date heavy mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm doing my best mm-hmm. apologies if anything is like slightly out of order but I tried to keep it like and also there's a lot of stuff with fashion trends where like something can be at its height and there can still be detractors and those detractors are still like historically relevant mm-hmm. yeah okay wait so Egyptians had wigs mm-hmm. lots of other faith traditions had wigs mm-hmm. We saw periwig mm-hmm. for the first time in in a Shakespeare in, in 16th, Shakespeare's worst 16th century worst play. Yeah. Um. What? When did it turn from periwig to wig? I don't know. That was something I actually did like look into, and I couldn't find. It's just like a shortening within within France. There, there's a lot of different names for different kinds of wigs in French, which I didn't even try to touch, but. A lot, a lot of it was, like, there's, like, slight differences between, like, a synthetic wig, which at that time was, like, animal hair versus, mm-hmm. like, one made with real hair versus a half wig versus, like, they all have they all have different names in French. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's not, like, I feel like we, we just have the word wig, but there's also, there's a lot of different things that the word wig can mean, a lot of different, like, subcategories. Yeah. Um, Queen Elizabeth I is given the honor of being the first to be wigged and making wigs popular. Um, She wore her, famously wore her hair in a tightly curled wig in a Roman style, and she also, it was red. The wig was red. Um, She is rumored to have had over 80 wigs, which all had to be, at like, wigs have to be taken care of. They're like animals that you have to, like, brush and mm-hmm. add powder too, and mm-hmm. in this case continually dye so that they stay that like bright color mm-hmm. red was considered a fashionable color at this time but also i didn't know this it was like common to like powder your hair with white purple blue or even pink like rainbow hair mm-hmm. has always been a thing yeah and then cool. I, was, I was looking at all these paintings yeah and you can tell i was like i always thought it was just like a trick of the light that her hair looks blue <laughs> no her hair's blue because she made it look blue yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I want to dye my hair blue now, but like um, a baby blue. Yeah. So when wait, when was Queen Elizabeth the first's reign? Okay, so she was the Queen of England from fifteen fifty eight until sixteen o three. So sixteenth century. So she well, she isn't started that technically the seventeenth century because we're in the twenty fifteenth. So she was from fifteen to sixteen o three. So. The 1500s are the 16th century. End of the 16th century to the beginning of the 17th century. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I hate the way centuries are organized. It's <laughs> really annoying. If it, uh, I swear this would have been 400 times easier if they if we just called centuries the first two numbers of the year. <laughs> but, th- like, all, ev- whenever I was sitting down to research, I had to be like, 
16 is 17. Yeah, six, <laughs> 16 plus one. Yeah. I got so confused. It when I was world. in middle school, I got into like a heated argument with my science teacher who was just teaching us the way the world works. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. And he was like, well, here's why it kind of does. And I was like, no. Change it. Change it. Now. <laughs> I dare you. Mr. Whatever. Lofthouse. Mr. Lofthouse. Yeah. Change it. Fix it. So in the early 17th century, Queen Elizabeth I is rolling out with her wigs, right? But where it really got popular? France. Was specifically Louis the Eighth. Mm. He began wearing a wig in about 1624. And it is hypothesized that this is because he was balding early. Hmm. Maybe due to syphilis. <gasps> I know. Wow, hot tea. goss, tea. hot goss. Um, also, at this time, the men's wigs in France were called perukes. Oh, okay. Yeah, the 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 word that wig is based off of. Yeah, yeah. Peruke. Peruke. Sounds like an avatar name. It does. Like Loak, <laughs> Nateum. This is my beautiful adopted daughter. Peruke. Peruke. Her mom is in a is in a tube of goo. <laughs> let's talk to what let's talk about what's serious becca yeah wigs. men's wigs in france snatched in the 17th century i had to check what century we were in mm-hmm. but the men's wigs the perukes were i'm sure you've seen them before this is a tiny picture and i can't make it bigger because i don't understand how computers work uh, you know these wigs with yeah. like they have like the really the aggressive high... middle part mm-hmm. with like two mountains of yeah. hair on the top yep yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the sources, so I read a lot of like fashion. I read a whole PhD, like a whole thesis. Dissertation. Dissertation. Wow. About wigs. Um, And there's also a wonderful YouTuber named Abby Cox who did a book on like hair care Mm -hmm. in the 18th century, I believe, either 18th or 19th. And, but she has a bunch of videos on her YouTube about like wigs and about. Like, just different materials that were used at the time. And also, she debunks a lot of wig facts, which we'll get into. Um, <laughs> what? I found my passion, and it is debunking wig facts. It's so wild. There, it's, there's always something, you know? Louis the Eighth may or may... Wait. X is 10. Yeah. Ha! Are you thinking of the 13th? He's the 13th. So, Louis the 13th. It's okay. People will people will figure it out. It's okay. <laughs> but there's I've seen there's some videos. So I uh, when I first started, I watch I always like watching like YouTube videos just to see if anyone has talked about it, which a lot of our stuff. Nope. No. <laughs> yeah. I was like someone has to have done something on sig- like or not signatures. What was it? It was one that I did and I was like someone has to have done this. This is interesting. And no one had. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But, yeah. It's it is a- kind of fun finding the, the gaps in available human knowledge. Yeah. And then making a one-hour-long podcast about them. A half-hearted attempt. Or, or yeah, finding a topic and it's like, oh, I could write a dissertation on this. That's, I I'm feel not like gonna, but I could. Literally every single thing we have talked about on this podcast, you could devote your life to. Like, there, yeah, there's only one book about snowmen. We yeah. could stand to have two. We could stand. We probably should. Oh my goodness, Tegan! I watched this. I watched this Japanese movie called Shoplifters, which changed my life. Incredible <laughs> movie. I bawled like four times. Good. And at the end, there's like a father figure and a son who make a snowman, <gasps> and it has two humps. Oh my god! I was like, that's because they're in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> you standing up in the middle of the screaming. Screaming in the middle of the screening, screaming, they're in Japan. <laughs> I mean, I was in my bed screaming. It's because they're in Japan. That's so sad. Watching a movie in bed is so depressing. That might, I mean, maybe that's why I was crying. Maybe. Or no, it's a masterpiece film that you should watch when you're emotionally capable. Maybe <laughs> is that to me or to everyone? Um, well, Tegan's sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm a little baby. If you have good taste, you should watch Shoplifters. Okay. It's about, like, found family. Ah, I love a found family. Okay. So when I first started researching, I was watching, like, all these YouTube videos, and I came across this one called Weird History, which is this huge YouTube channel. Yes. And they had a video called, like, Why Why People Wore Powdered Wigs. And their whole thing was, like, it's because syphilis was, like, making everyone go bald, and so they were all wearing wigs to hide the fact they had syphilis. I did not know that was a symptom of syphilis. It is. Is You lose your hair. Mm -hmm. And people are still getting syphilis. Uh, Not we... It's now, like, treatable, okay. but it was, like, 
So if I see a bald person, I shouldn't in my head go, they might have syphilis. No, you probably shouldn't. Okay. There's also like, uh, there's like sores and stuff. Like oh. it's not, <laughs> it's not just the balding. Oh, okay. It's not like a sleeper illness. You start balding and you're like, oh no, do I have syphilis? Okay. You escaped me this time, Vin Diesel. But anyway, so I watched this and I was like, this is like, it's like, it was really high production value, but like the script was kind of clunky. And I was like, oh, this is probably some content farm, right? So then I found Abby Cox's video where she explicitly debunks their entire production. And there are so many things that I think started with this video that are now in like articles. There was like a line in the Wikipedia article of four wigs that I was like, this came from that video. And Abby Cox debunked it with primary sources. Wow. So the syphilis Wig academia (laughs) heating up. It's possible that King... Uh, King Louis the Thirteenth did have syphilis, but it is less likely that all wigs came about because people were just like going bald in the streets. <laughs> oh, like I feel like also it would have been within King Louis's power to be like, "I'm king and I'm bald," and so and that could be the different fad mm-hmm. that happens that people mm-hmm. start shaving their head. Yeah, but he just went for wigs. Well, to be fair, you have to shave your head. At this time, they would shave their heads to wear wigs. Most men at this time were bald. Oh, because they shaved their head for wigs. And they would, like, there are accounts of people going to the barber, like, three times a week to keep, like, a really close shave because then the wig would sit better and it wouldn't slip. That is really interesting. Yeah. (laughs) It's so wild. Um, Women at this time kind of stopped wearing wigs. They would just powder their hair to achieve volume. Abby Cox also has a video of her doing Sophia Nygaard's hair with this, like, powder method. And it is crazy how much volume you can get with just powder and brushing through. And the hair's clean. It's just big. Mm. (laughs) And that's why you get the, Um, like, really frizzy look in a lot of, like, paintings from this time is because their hair was so dry because it was covered in powder. Mm. There was this idea that, like, if you, like, water made you more dirty and cleaning with oils and like powders was you know preferable and so that's also part of the reason why they think that men were like shaving their heads and stuff because like greasy hair was like attributed to be like a symptom of illness and so if you shave your head and you have this like clean wig piece then you're not going to get sick that makes sense so it's almost like a backwards indicator of health which is how we're tying it into evolution. That's the thesis I read about wigs. That was her main point was like the reason why hair has been so important is because it's like an indicator of health and like fertility. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of true. Kind of. Yes. Yeah, s- still. Yeah. Same. <laughs> still same. Um, women at this time also sometimes added uh, pieces called frontage pieces or false curls on their heads. I also read, I read a book. It's like a tabletop thing. But it was just, like, a costumer's guide to, like, making wigs for different, like, centuries for, like, plays and stuff. Mm. It was it was so crazy. I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, there, there's probably a guide for this. Mm. And then as I was going through it, I was like... No, like, wig making is a huge thing. It's an in art. movies. It's an art, yeah. That's, there, there's a reason there's an Oscar for makeup and hairstyling. Yeah. Like, the hairstyling is just as important. Well, and I was 100%, like... They were like, oh, this is what hair during this century looked like. And I was like, yeah, I like I couldn't draw what hair should look like during that century. But if you put this at the wrong time, I'd be like, why does she look like she's from the Renaissance? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I've, I think it's because of movies. I like I have this idea of like what fashion should look like at a given time period, which is cool. Yeah. By 16. <laughs> thanks for thanks for saying movies are cool. <laughs> <laughs> movies are cool. Costume designers are awesome. Yeah. And hairstylists are also kind of... Every time I get my hair done, I'm like... Oh, that's a skill. You have, like... You're an artist. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so tired. Um, By 1665, the wig industry was completely established in France. um, And then it set the stage for the formation of a wig maker's guild. Because illicit wig making became a major issue. So, like... They were, they'd be, like, certified. hmm And there was, like, a limited number of, like, artisans. And then this also happened in Europe. They ended up with a wig maker's guild as well. Um, 
there were real worries about product quality, especially like things like goat hair, lamb hair, or other like powders and stuff that would make people feel ill. There was like rules on what things you could put in a wig. And also the relationship between someone with a wig and the wig like maker, you would have to like visit them often to have them reset the wig and repowder the wig and make the wig look nice again. And so it was more like a relationship with like a dog groomer hmm. than it was with like a like a hairstylist that you see like once a year. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like wig making was pretty lucrative. Yes, it was. And that meant that means that a lot of people were like wig makers are effeminate. If you want to be a wig maker, you have to have a soft voice and be nice to your customers. Like there's all these like <laughs> hit pieces. Yeah, like articles about or like in people's journals being like Oh, wig makers, it's such a soft profession. Anyway, I went to the wig maker because, like, they had to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's also this quote from Jonathan Swift in London around the same time period. It has cost me three guineas today for a periwig. I am undone. It was made by a Leicester lad who married Miss Warhol's daughter where my mother lodged, so I thought it would be cheap, and especially since he lives in the city. Well, London lick penny, I find it true. (laughs) So wait, was it cheap or not cheap? It was too expensive, and he thought it would be cheaper because he was friends, kind of, like mm-hmm. secondarily <laughs> with the wig maker. Yeah. I Well, London Lickpenny, I find it true, is one of the best. Well, London Lickpenny. I wish, can we go to London so I can stand on a street corner and go, well, London Lickpenny, I find it true. I mean, there are worse reasons. It's so, it delights me. So much. I would wear a t-shirt that says London Lake Penny, I find it true. There are also references like in in guidebooks to the city at the time of uh like secondhand wig shops because they were so expensive where you could get like lightly worn wigs so like the lower classes could also partake in the wig phenomenon at the mm, time. Mm-hmm. Um there's also a lot of accounts of wig stealing. With some mentioning wigs being plucked from hence as they walk down the street. In the dissertation I read, there was a bunch of, like, paragraph blocks of people in their journals writing about, like, when their wig got stolen. <laughs> so. Wig snatched. Wig snatched, yes. Wow. That's it's so delightful. That is pretty delightful. Um, In the early 18th century, that's where the real crazy wigs come in. This is where yeah. we get, like the boat ones marie antoinette and this time period is known as the rococo period yeah exactly (laughs) no it's not that crazy (laughs) i know it's just you haven't seen over the garden wall yet have you wait what do you mean why there's they just there's just like a cute little rococo joke (laughs) oh (laughs) oh i thought you meant like the wigs weren't that crazy i was like becca no, oh, oh it's not. Like, I'm saying it's like ships. No, it's not that crazy that I know what that word. What means. rococo means? What if I randomly had like an in-depth knowledge of all like architectural <laughs> periods? Because that's primarily what rococo refers to yeah. is the style of building. But it it also refers to just like the general attitude of excess. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're phenomenal. Um, I what I was gonna say is with wigs at least. There, the wigs were known for like curves and asymmetry, mm-hmm. and just kind of like a piling. That's how I would describe it mm-hmm. with the hair, which I think probably works for the architecture as well. Yeah, yeah. Like the well, fanciest cake. The fanciest cake. Well, they would just it was just layers and layers and layers of like the busiest furniture you've ever seen in your life, and it's it's luscious and like there's a beauty to it, but like it's. A it, lot. Like, hard to look at. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you haven't watched Marie Antoinette. No, you? I haven't. But we're going to talk about her. Yeah. Because we got to. Yeah. Well, talk it's, about it's a yeah. Sofia Coppola movie, mm-hmm. and so I think you'd like it. I watched it over Christmas, which is why I'm so excited about it. The wigs are incredible, Tegan. Like, you oh, won't even it. believe. Yeah. Okay, we should watch it. And I'll be like, I can't tell, are they wearing wigs or not? <laughs> um, I will say, something Abby Cox points out is a lot of pictures of people that we assume they're wearing wigs, some of them... They are just powdered hair. Like, wow. it's just shapes we're not used to. Mm-hmm. And you could add pieces, like bump it basically to the hair to like add volume without adding anything like yeah. wig wise. It's been a while since we've had a big hair craze. I think we're due for another one. Oh, the like uh, Farrah Fawcett, like really big, loose curls. 
oh. are coming back in a big way. Yeah. And that is, that's volume at the bottom. A lot of the papers and stuff I was reading talked about, like, silhouette and, like, how mm-hmm. the silhouette of your hair and also, like, the clothes you're wearing, like, what that silhouette is is basically what everyone's chasing. And I think right now we're in, like, a like a rectangle. Like, everyone, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just kind of, like, straight, like, pants, kind of straightish hair, maybe a slight volume, but, like, nothing crazy, nothing really. It's not like the 2000s where everything was, like, skinny like pencil yeah, yeah or pencil yeah and then in the in the 17th century men men's silhouette was supposed to be large and like imposing like mm-hmm. really broad with these like triangle hairdos basically and then in the 18th century where you get like it's like circles like everyone wants to look like circles <laughs> which is so funny um but then men's hair around this time period uh there's a gradual decrease in wigs except for like certain professions um because they were beginning to be seen as effeminate. <gasps> Nothing worse. Nothing worse. Um, <laughs> many wigs also at this time were made from people's own hair. They would go to the wig maker to get their hair cut to add to their wigs. Um, or they would, like, know whose hair it came from because provenance was a huge issue. Um, because it was thought that, like, the personhood of the hair you were wearing would affect you. In, like, moral character, Whoa. in health, etc. That's, like, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Which, modernly, those um, shadles I was talking about that uh, some Orthodox Jewish women wear, uh, they also have issues with provenance because there was this problem where a lot of the wigs for a period of time were being made with hair from people in Thailand who were having, like, it was like a ceremonial haircutting ritual. Um and that hair was being sent to wig makers, but that is technically, according to Ju- Judaism, idolatry, and so it's mm. not kosher. So there was like this huge thing, and now if you're buying a shadel, you check to make sure it's kosher first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. It was like a big. Yeah. There's there all these like articles about like the scandal of it all. <laughs> Some people started at this time period. There started being like a retaliation against the idea of wigs and health because like if you're hiding your head then it's assumed you're like unhealthy and then also there was a lot of like religious turmoil that wearing a wig is like an affront to god since like he gave you hair and you're saying you can do it better (laughs) pretty much like all information i found was european based Mm -hmm. um but there is something interesting what a surprise i know although it is i will say a big part is because the wigs were crazy yeah like (laughs) wigs elsewhere were like Oh, it's like a ceremonial headpiece. Mm. <laughs> but in Europe, it was like, every day I put on my big wig. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the, yeah, the entire point, it wasn't ritual. It was tr- fashion. Yeah, exactly. But in Korea, around the same same time period, the gosh or gotcha, I saw both pronunciations. It's spelled G-A-C-H-E, took off, which were these large wigs adorned with many objects. They had like a, can only describe it, you know, like, like. When people make, like, joke Elvises, they have, like, the crazy big, like, front piece yeah. to their hair. It, mm-hmm. It's, like, more like a feminine haircut where, like, it goes, like, past the chin or whatever with, like, this, like, large, like, bang piece, basically. Wow. Um, but they were short-lived because in 1788, King Gianjo of jo- Hosen, I believe, uh, prohibited the use of them because they were antithetical to uh, Confucian values. So also an affront to God. (laughs) Sure. Just like everyone's like, yo, these wigs. Kind of a problem. So it's interesting. Either they're like hyper-religious or they're like (laughs) anti-religious. Just like everything Mm -hmm. in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Notably, I use the word notably a lot in these notes and I tried not to, but we may just have to deal with it. Well, it's in the notes. So it must be notable. (laughs) It must be. In France in 1751, Rousseau ever heard of him wrote this like little piece to show his desire to live a simple life and then also to live in a state of independence and poverty which set the stage for wigs future association with wealth and then also like the uh aristocracy um why should i know who rousseau is wait really is he like a biologist no he's like a like a french he was who was like hey all this excess is bad 
and he's like yeah um, he's given I, a lot of credit for being like the start of the french revolution <laughs> i i don't know a lot about the french revolution i vividly remember when we were learning about that in school and that was not to be a downer that a was bummer. A, a bummer that was when my like grandma was dying <laughs> so How like a bummer dude the french are <laughs> guillotining people in the streets <laughs> so like i really i have not uh, retained a whole ton of that information this is so wild other than what i've seen in movies you knew the rococo and i did not know russo that's so wild i only know important things to <laughs> <laughs> it's like like, he's also, like, given credit for a lot of, like, American revolutionary ideas. Well, I don't even know that the revolution was necessary. How about that? Oh, wow. Actually, that's not a hard, uh, that's not a hot take I harbor. <laughs> Good. Um, I don't like where we've ended up, but I don't think it was necessarily <laughs> the revolution's fault. It would be so crazy to be like, no, that's where it went bad. <laughs> what I'm doing. We should have, we should have just assimilated, like, we should have just stayed English. Yeah. We should have continued colonizing. Mm-hmm. That was the better choice. Mm-hmm. Rousseau. Okay. I'm, g- I'm going to learn about Rousseau. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> so that I so I won't have another instance like this where somebody looks Wait, at me like I I'm can't... the stupidest person in the world. No, I feel like an idiot, though, because I can't remember his first name. Jean-Jacques. Jean-Jacques. Yeah, he's a philosopher. Oh, he's kind of handsome. He, his political philosophy influenced the progress of the Age of Enlightenment. Yeah. He's, he's like a big, like he's, I had to like, his name was on a flashcard. You know what I mean? Like, I had to know this guy. Hmm. That makes sense. In, like, AP, whatever. AP bio. No, just kidding. Um, so he wrote, I began my reform with my finery. I gave up my gold trimmings and white stockings. I took a short wig. I laid aside my sword. I sold my watch. And then later, recounting the same episode, he said, I left Le Monde and its pomp. I renounced all finery, no more sword, no more watch, no more white stockings, gold trimmings, hairdo. Instead, he wrote, I wear a simple wig and clothes of good rough wool. He's still wearing a wig. Yeah, no, that's, thank you. That's, it's so crazy that it's like, listen, I'm like different now. Look, I'll give up everything. I'll give up everything. Even my big wig, but I will be keeping my, my little small one. one. A short wig. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, there was also this, I, so we talked about, like, the idea of, like, health or whatever. That might be why he was still wearing a short wig is because it was more of, like, like a necessary thing, like a healthful thing yeah. to have a wig. And it's he like just a med- the short one. Medicinal recommendation yes, to wear like wigs. Yes, like doctors recommended at this time wigs. There's also this idea that's thrown around a, a lot about wigs being, like, a symbol of status and wealth. Like, the bigger the wig, the wealthier you were. But pointed out by Abby Cox and then also Emma Markowitz, who wrote the the PhD thesis I keep on coming back to, um, they both pointed out that wigs were more, it was more like indicating a profession. And within that profession, there is like, like class indicators, but it was more important, like the profession you did was more important than like how much money you had. And so there were lots of issues with like new money where people would like, start a new profession and then they would wear the big wig and people would be like oh my gosh you can't even tell <laughs> like who's rich anymore <laughs> and so there's this quote everyone in paris has become a monsieur um he wrote this this guy wrote in his book i don't have his name <laughs> well it sounds like he's a problem anyway yeah whatever he wrote on sunday a man came up to me wearing black silk clothes and a well-powdered wig and as I as I fell over myself offering him compliments, he introduced himself in the as the oldest son of my blacksmith. Will such senor de deign to dance in the streets? So it was like you're wearing a wig, but like you're not even you're not even rich like me. And so it's not just like a status symbol. Yeah. Yeah. It was more you can't of a class. even tell who, who's rich anymore. I know. That's kind of a complaint that I've, like... I've heard. Heard. Mm-hmm. And it's in, like, every TV show now. Okay, are you ready for my hot take about water bottles that I hinted at? Whoa, yeah. Water bottles are the modern wig. Oh, you got a hydro flask? Well, no, I... And you're rich? Well, not just that. It's, like, like right now, now jeans represent that you're, like... They represent something about, like, your personality and, like, your yeah, class like, and outdoorsy. how much money you have. Yeah. And then if you have a Stanley Cup, it means Ooh. you probably work a desk job. Mm. And you mm-hmm. probably make decent money. 
and you probably have like a nicer apartment or whatever. And then if you have like, like a Contigo, for example, I'm pointing at Becca's Contigo. Oh gosh, I'm about to be outed. Well, What's you happening? care more about function over form. Oh. And like you probably do something that you're moving around a lot or whatever. You don't want like the the hip. Like I feel like don't want it to spill. Like the that's fashion, the whole reason I have this. It doesn't spill. Yeah, the fashion of water bottles is so. It's so much like wigs. Send Tegan a picture of uh, your water bottle and she will out you. I will read you to filth. Yeah. <laughs> I currently, I'm waiting on my new Awala water bottle, which I, rep- I I recognize means like, oh, look, she has some money. And also she's outdoorsy, but like not too outdoorsy because it has a straw. I hope we can hear all your drinking noises. I really hope you can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember when my tummy rumbled. And I was like, I thought that was a oh, lie made by movies. going on. I'll just never, I'll never forget that. It's so funny. It, it was so, like, disarming. I've started having, like, a granola bar. Okay. By started, I mean the past three days. You're, it's your new woman. <laughs> yeah, I'm a new woman. I've started having, like, a granola bar and, like, some cheese and applesauce for breakfast. Like, just to have something in my tummy. And wow, lo and behold, my mornings have gone a little better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, it does, it's not a lot because a lot would make me feel bad, but a little. We have an air fryer now. Oh, how is it? has it changed your life? Has it actually changed your life? It's so stupid because I think it actually has. Like, I throw the breakfast. I have, like, these tiny breakfast burritos that, like, if you microwave them, they're miserable. Yeah. But if you put it in the air fryer, it's, like, a delightful experience. Yeah. And it has, like, protein and crap. And I eat it, and then it's, like, noon, and I'm like, oh, I'm hungry, but I don't feel like dying. It's so exciting. You're an air fryer evangelist Mm -hmm. well and also okay you know the trader joe's orange chicken yes you put the chicken in there without the goo of course and then you air fry it and you cover it with the goo and becca say that again i just said becca (laughs) it's so good it's so crunchy it's so it's better than freaking panda express or whatever how come it's not like that in an oven? How is an air fryer different air fryer than an gets, oven? Air fryer gets hotter faster and also has like, it's like... Uh, it's circul- Oh, it's a convection oven. So, Because mm-hmm. I've heard the criticism from a lot of like food personalities that their hot take is that our air fryers are just convection ovens. Yeah, no, What they, they neglect to consider is that not everyone has a convection oven. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have a convection <laughs> oven. And also the air fryer, the air fryer my mom got me, it can also like... <laughs> can do all these things like it has all these buttons or whatever but one of the buttons so is buttons. rotisserie chicken what? it has like <laughs> it has like little poles you can put in to put a whole chicken in it it's big enough uh, yeah i could cook a whole rotisserie chicken you're you should cook me a whole rotisserie chicken just for you and then you come over in desert and i sit there and you just watch me plates. eat it and then at the end i will designate it fair or foul just kidding it's always foul foul f-o-w-l <laughs> But, um... That was a good joke. Wigs. Wigs. What uh, if a chicken wore a wig? When it crossed the street or in the... <laughs> when it... In what the if a chicken wore a wig when it crossed the street? Um, I have a joke. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> About wigs? No. <laughs> we'll get back to wigs because I'm really enjoying it, but... I have a joke about three holes in the ground. Or, no, wait... Do you want to hear a joke about three holes in the ground? Should I keep the false start in? I don't know. I would love to hear a joke about three holes in the ground. Well, well, well. I refuse. <laughs> I abstain. Okay, whatever. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I Why did I think it was going to... I thought it was going to be... I love the jokes that take like 20 minutes to tell. Oh. And the joke is like kind of nothing obsessed with those yeah well this joke it's from a cartoon from like the 1920s that i watched in history of animation and i did not get it like i did not everybody laughed and i was like why was that funny and then like five seconds later i was like oh (laughs) like it's the longest delay i've had in a long time because normally i'm one of the first people to get a joke normally normally i get it so fast let me be clear i do i swear i I do i get it very fast yeah but no it You're really like tripping over yourself. I do, I normally get it really quickly though. <laughs> this one must have been different. Why why are you friends with me? 
<laughs> it's so funny. Um, cause cause you tell me good jokes, and you also send me videos of dead bugs, uh, doing a little play. That's true. <laughs> I choose to believe no humans were involved. I choose to believe a caterpillar was running the camera. Wow, that'd be sweet. I kind of just I like the idea of this old this old Russian man going. This is my art. I am going to manipulate this beetle so so minutely that it will wave at other beetles. By seventeen sixty five, only certain professions like bankers and drivers wore wigs. Powdered natural hair was popular at this time. Think George Washington. But other people, like Benjamin Franklin, didn't do either. So there were also people who just, like, kind of mm, were, meh. We're yeah. like, whatever, I'm going to do my own thing. Um, apparently his hair was kind of like a hot topic also. Like, people were like, what's up with this guy? That's sweet. That's so cool. Benjamin <laughs> Franklin's a, a boss. Um, I want to see a thirst trap of Benjamin Franklin. Make one. Uh, no, I'm putting it out into the world for uh, someone to make for me as a gift. It'll happen, Yeah. Um, while men's wigs were becoming less extravagant and people were exchanging them for their natural hair, there was one obvious target for continuing the trend for big hair, known as... The court system. The macaroni. Hmm? So you know Yankee, Yankee Doodle, Doodle Dandy. Uh-huh. He went to town. He did. Riding on a pony? He was. He placed a feather in his cap. Yes. And called it macaroni. Macaroni was a subculture as a group of high-class cl- young men who adopted foreign fashions while on grand tours of the continent and who stood out from the crowd with their preference for artifice and overemphasized high wigs at a time when men's fashion was becoming more demure. It's like the first punk. Probably not the first. But what it's no, like it's, a, it's, it's like another there's yeah, always another punk culture. Yeah. Um as Town and Country magazine <laughs> remarked in 1772 the macaroni make a most ridiculous figure, with hats an inch in the brim that do not cover, but lie upon the head, with about two pounds of fictitious hair formed into what is called a club, hanging down from their shoulders as white as a baker's sack. Wow. I know. Get them. <laughs> Drag those macaroni. But so, that song is actually, like, mocking Americans for, like, for, for moving to this new continent. And they're all, like, uppity. And they're not real men. They're all, like, these, like, effem- Like, it's actually kind of, like, a, a pretty, like, like dig. It is a dig. It's not just, like, funny macaroni. Hmm. It's, like, you're part of a subculture. So, yeah, it's a cultural commentary. Yeah. When did when did people start... So, you know how in England, mm-hmm. the core system, they still wear wigs? Yes. Where did that come from? This. It's just never gone away. Okay, it just came from... Wigs from Queen Elizabeth, and it's yeah. never gone away. Like wigs being a symbol of a profession, the magistrates wear them. Okay, yeah. no, I super think that I cannot take British court seriously because they still wear wigs. No, that was in like, Sherlock. It's so ridiculous in Sherlock. I was like, a little like high school deacon was like, "Yo, why is that guy wearing a wig like, when yeah. they're in court scenes?" Like, I guess maybe it puts them on like a level playing field because they all look so stupid. Yeah, but well, and the wigs aren't even good. No. No, they look bad. It's truly just okay, like I can tell when those a wigs feather are bad. on top. Oh, yeah. well, sure. But sometimes like you can see their real hair underneath. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the point? No, you always see their real hair underneath. I it's hate so it. ridiculous. Um, did you know that in the fictional country of Genovia, their court system, they also wear wigs? No. As seen in Princess Diaries too. Oh my gosh, that means that they are somehow tied. They were some Genovia was colonized by the British. Yeah, it has to have been. Or they just adopted it as a symbol of like hey please don't colonize us wow <laughs> food for Genovia, that Genovia. that was me putting my hand over my heart <laughs> um after 1790 both wigs and powder were reserved for older more conservative men and usually only for like special events and then also ladies being presented at court after 1790, English women seldom even powdered their hair. The new style was this, like, like very natural, like, kind of wavy, still, like, put up in these intricate, mm-hmm. like, dews, but less big. The silhouette was deflating, as it were. Yep. <laughs> in 1795, this was the real nail in the coffin. The British government levied a tax on hair powder for one guinea per year. This tax effectively caused the demise of both both fashion for wigs and then also hair powder because you needed it for both. 
the hair powder at this time was like this wheat mm. uh, based thing and there were issues with like wheat production and so then even though like the hair powder the hair powder people were like don't tax us we're not really affecting it but the british government was like you're a symbol of excess tax so that's what happened wow yeah Okay, that's the history of wigs? Well, no. Oh, we, oh, uh, I we've still got, have a we, page. We've got modern wigs. <laughs> we got modern wigs. But also, at the end of the 18th century, wigs were now used in a more satirical fashion with women wearing them in art to show vanity, trying to get above your station, or outright to indicate disease. A lot of, like, paintings or even just, like, pictures that people use as evidence for, like, how crazy wigs got are, like, satirical. Uh, <laughs> and also Marie Antoinette, a lot of paintings of her... Like, her wigs were painted smaller or larger, depending on if they were going back home or if they were staying in France. Whoa. Because back home, it was, like, a symbol of excess and, like, a bad thing. But in France, it was still fashionable. And then also her forehead height changed, depending on where they were sending the paintings, because she needed to be viewed as physically French as possible. That makes sense. Do French have longer foreheads or shorter foreheads? Her forehead was too big. For French standards at the time. Okay. Because at this time, even though in England there was, like, wigs were done, the French women in Versailles wore large and elaborate wigs still. So that's why Marie Antoinette's in here. Um, She also, like, okay, Marie Antoinette wasn't always, like, crazy dressed. I didn't really, maybe I need to watch this movie. But she, like, after, like, there's a time period where she stopped being, like, really done up and started wearing like really like simple like dresses and like wearing her hair like normally barely Well, she she cosplayed as a poor person for a significant portion of her reign we when i went to france in october we saw she built like an entire village for herself le le petit triano the small town where she where she pretended to be poor where she was a little provincial and it's actually, like, pretty sickening, but also she was a very, like, sick woman. So. I was going to say, I think what, what I came away <laughs> She with... was not put... Like, she she was sent from her home when she was 14 years old. And... In a, in a place that, like, despised her. <laughs> when she was sent from her home, she wasn't just sent from her home. She was trained to give up her German heritage completely, mm-hmm. not only in, like, mind, but also in body. Like, yeah, there no, was so the, the much about, like... The interesting, because it does show, oh. like, how in that environment, like, what like what are you going to... Like, you can't be a great person in that environment. Yeah. She obviously was Marie Antoinette and, like, was a bad... She shouldn't have been in a position of power. But also, it's not her fault she was there. Yeah. What gets me, though, what I didn't realize was that she... I always thought she was just mocked for her excess, but then when she, like, gave up the excess, like, she was also mocked for yeah, that. Yeah, she couldn't win. There was no winning. And it just, I was like, oh, my gosh. Man, you got to watch just, this movie. It's just all women. Like, yeah. we're all just <laughs> nothing. We, it's never enough. And it's, it's never enough. always too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm, now I kin Marie Antoinette. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if I did. No, I do not. Near the end of the 18th century, like kind of in in all of like the European countries, the traditional advice of physicians to patients to cover your head for medicinal reasons was now being moved to not covering your head to keep the head well ventilated and allowing it to perspire, which was that really that ended wigs in also a lot of France, too. Um, And then by the end of the century, hats took over. As a marker of social respectability and a signifier of inclusion. You're right. Okay, right? I was like, oh my gosh, wigs are just hats. <laughs> wigs are just hats. Yeah. And militaries stopped wearing wigs, started wearing hats. Yeah. We don't really wear hats anymore. Abby Cox also has a really interesting video. I wish video. we wore hats. <laughs> she has a really interesting video on, like, the rise and decline of hats and, like, why we don't wear them anymore. And it's just, like, fashion, but also, like... Things like water bottles or shirts or shoes are now social signifiers. You are correct. Um, In the 19th century, again, conservative men are still wearing wigs because they just can't give it up. Um, Wigs were fully swept away by the French and American uh, revolutions. But then women's wigs were still around, but secretly. Mm. Women were wearing part wigs, pieces, uh, postiches, I think. Those were sold. They were like 
half wigs or like curls that you could add to your hair. Wait, what was that word? It's I think it's French postiches. P O S T I C H E S. I think it's probably related to pastiche. Probably. Postiche. Because pastiche means you're just it basically means like a facsimile or something of something. A pastiche is you you take something that's existent and you amplify it. Oh, hey. Well, yeah, that's... For, for are, a reason, normally. And these are hair pieces that would make your hair look bigger or more full or cover balding spots or whatever. Yeah. And that's a cultural... I'm sure pastiche probably. Um, can I just look this up real Yeah, quick? go for it. Oh, yeah, that's so interesting. So pastiche just means an imitation and mm-hmm. postiche means a sham. <gasps> I didn't realize. Yeah, they're called false or artificial. Yeah, big pieces or postiches is how it was defined within the article I was reading. Yeah, that's so interesting. I wonder if it started as a definition for like a partial wig and then later changed to a sham, mm-hmm. <laughs> or if it was the other way around. Let me just put on my lie real quick. Clipping and a hair extension. Yeah, one of those like neon pink ones from middle school. Hmm. Okay, now we're at the sad part. Because there's always a sad part for stuff like this. For everything. For everything. Um, along with these trends in Europe and then also the colonies and later the United States, uh, styles of wigs and wigs in general affected enslaved Africans as well. Mm. Um, European slave masters usually shaved enslaved African heads as they were either putting them on the ships to take them back to the colonies or to Europe um, or once they got there. This caused some particularly wealthy slave owners to buy wigs for their enslaved Africans, which is pretty messed up. Yeah, no kidding. So now modernly, there's like a cultural heaviness uh, within like the decision to either wear or not wear wigs within like the African community. Which is, Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, which is talked about by Dr. Afia Miblishieka. I believe, um, who is a hair historian and has a lot of really interesting uh, resources. If you are interested in some really cool articles about relationships between black communities in the United States in particular and with hair, I had to read scholar. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like one of her articles that I had to read when I was in a women's studies class where Mm -hmm. it just straight up talks about how much identity, especially for a woman, especially, especially for a black woman is tied to your hair. Yeah. Well, and there's this there was this video of women in Africa, like they were interviewing them and asking, do you wear wigs? Basically, some of the women were like, no, I would never. Mm -hmm. And some of the women were like, well, I have to. One a girl, she actually said point blank. There are some places I can't take my natural hair to. And I was like, whoa. Well, yeah. And even in the past 10 years, there have been so many workplace discrimination lawsuits about well, natural still hair. there's schools that don't allow young black girls to wear their hair mm-hmm. naturally or Locks, even yeah. in corn. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so wigs are commonly worn in Africa specifically for, to fancy events. But there's this new kind of like reclamation of natural hair mm-hmm. is occurring. And so that's like a lot of wigs that you buy or look at online today are either marketed towards um, specifically like black communities or specifically Asian communities. There's also a lot of like Korean and Japanese uh, like wig wearing within like the idol communities. And oh, like, yeah. Like that general like super high like Harajuku fashion. A lot of that is like wig based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we like we understand wigs more than ever because like we're in this modern day, we understand what wigs signify and they've always kind of signified similar things of well, maybe not. It it maybe used to be more about class and now because well, it kind of went class artifice and now it's like this reclamation of that like supposed artifice because yeah. like i think and it is becoming like a pure accessory yeah well and there's like people like like your younger sister she'll she'll wear a wig oh she loves wigs like out or whatever and i definitely when i was her age i would have been mortified to wear a wig like it was mm-hmm. kind of i don't know it was like taboo mm-hmm. but then now when i think of wigs i think of like the most fashionable people i know i think of pop stars i think of drag queens like it's all these people who are like yeah so focused on like fashion and like representing themselves in like the realest way possible and one of those ways is wigs yeah it's really cool yeah and and yeah wigs are a form of self-expression instead of like assimilation yeah they're also they're used so much now within like broadway 
Apparently, I didn't know this, but within Broadway specifically, actors, even if they have like the correct hair or whatever, will still wear a wig because they hide the mic pack on their head. So then they can do quick like costume changes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is marvelous. I also was thinking of like... Theater is pretty cool. (laughs) It is. I was thinking of like those clip-on extensions that were a thing when I was younger and then also like the feather There were so many awful Disney hair extensions. Yeah, and those were all, they're technically partial wigs and like weaves now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. Um, Hair is, there's so many, so many really cool articles about like culture and hair and mental health and hair. I don't know. It's just cool. Hair is so tied to us. It's really cool. I like her. Well, it's growing out of us, typically. It's growing out of us, and if you want, unless you're Nicolas Cage, <laughs> and then and then you and then you get a hairstyle, uh, you get a, a wig maker, you get a wig maker, a hairstylist. I kind of respect a younger man who's like, I'm losing my hair. I'm just gonna shave it all off. Well, I also, I love a bald woman. Really? I real women with short hair. Ooh, it's attractive. Bald. Yeah, like really bald or really short. It's just, hmm. I don't know. I think it's like a confidence thing. So, um, have you seen V for Vendetta? No, I haven't. Uh, there's a part where Natalie Portman's head gets shaved and you're like, wow, that is still a very beautiful woman. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're still Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> I think my head would be odd shaped. But I feel like everyone says that. Everybody does says <laughs> Everybody does says that. Everyone thinks their head shape weird. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not everyone. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, wow, wow, I learned so much today. I think we could do a whole episode on hair specifically. Yeah. About like, like I could talk about like like the chemical structures and stuff of hair. Mm-hmm. But it is so interesting that we have this stuff coming out of our head and we care about it so much, we make fake ones too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is interesting. It used to be, it wasn't like wigs. They if, were a, obviously if a man fake. wears a wig, a lot of the time people. It feels like a shame thing or like a self-esteem thing mm-hmm. where like they just don't feel confident in their bodies if they don't have hair. Yeah. And a long time ago, it was a just a, a, a hat. And that's a different. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's different. Well, like now, these all have different. It's the same symbol with like different signifiers. Yeah. Yeah. It just is time. It's fashion is really cool. A lot of like the fashion history stuff is super interesting. It's I don't I feel like sometimes it's so easy. It's that whole devil wears prada thing where it's so easy to like poo-poo fashion but like mm-hmm. there has always but it is reflective been, yeah, yeah there's always been people making those decisions and those decisions reflect our social consciousness yeah yeah i i, I used the word signifier wrong <laughs> is that what you were looking up yeah oh that's so sad becca do you want to take the same again? signifier with different signifieds fides yeah huh. What is signified by the signifier? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love a drag queen's wig, specifically. That's fair. That I there is not as much research as I thought there would be within like the like so because I was trying to find like an academic paper for like the act of like drag and that being like a like commentary on like gender and stuff. And there's just not a lot. There's a lot of like think pieces, but there's not very much where it's like Oh, we interviewed X number of mm. drag queens, and this is what they had to say, or whatever. So yeah, if anyone wants a thesis, there you go. There you go. <laughs> wow, wigs, wigs. Um, I kind of want a wig now, just to have. Really? Yeah. I I would I wouldn't like a wig. I have a lot of hair though. I'm getting itchy just from my socks. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I I couldn't wear I couldn't do a wig. Couldn't do a wig. Wouldn't do a wig. Would. Would you do a wig in a train? Um, when I I've dressed up, I I have like an old lady wig somewhere. So mm. I've dressed up as like an old cat lady before. I've seen that wig. Yeah, I don't know why we had it. Yeah, and we didn't even get into like wig making for like like cancer patients oh, and stuff no. like that. Yeah, no, it's something. I didn't touch on, I read about it, but I I cut it because it was so long. But uh, North Korea and South Korea during the Civil War afterwards, South Korea kind of turned to wig making and they made a ton of money with wig making and still a lot of wigs are made in South Korea. Um, And some of those practices are ethical and some of them are not. But there was a lot of like cutting of the hair to sell hair uh, Mm -hmm. during times of extreme poverty, which is still a thing that happens now. And also a thing that happens in Les Mis. 
She cuts her hair and sells it to a wig maker, mm-hmm. which like was like a thing. And then there's locks of love. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that is called, where like just regular people donate it to make wigs for kids. Wigs, wigs are still pretty prevalent in society. Oh, totally. And there's like half wigs too, where like it looks like a beanie, and hair comes out the bottom, so you could just like slip it oh. on. Because also a big thing is if you're if you have a bald head and you live in a cold place, you're gonna be very cold. That's true too. Your your hair does have like we can get into the biological <laughs> functions later. I would love nothing more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, very cool. And what do we want to? How do we want to end? I don't know. So yeah, um, if you enjoyed this episode, or even if you didn't enjoy it, rate us on iTunes, um, and then you can shoot us a message on. Uh, Instagram at be more specific pod. Check us out on be more specific dot org if you want pictures and then also show notes and just general coolness. And yeah, if you leave us a review, then there's a chance we'll read it on the podcast, especially if it's as unhinged as this one that we just got. Okay, which Becca will do it. a dramatic reading of. I first listened to this podcast when I was in a dark place. Oh, by the way, this is from the ghost of a. Parentheses, wuh, man. Ooh. I first listened to this podcast when I was in a dark place. I couldn't turn the light in the bathroom. Mm. Within the first 17.5 minutes, I was laughing so hard I began to fear for my life. 17.5, is that where our JPMs hit a... (laughs) All-time high. All-time high. Realizing the toilet wasn't the most proper and decent way to die, and if my death would be anything, I'd want it to be proper and decent, Mm. I threw myself out of the bathroom with my slacks around my ankles. The women began to laugh at me from the bathroom. The women. Terror filled my soul and bowels. My roommate entered herein, and upon seeing me in this position of great impropriety, began to point their finger in scorn. (gasps) Excusing myself, I scooted in the most embarrassing fashion back to the restroom. (laughs) The ladies once again cracked a witty quip about bears of all things. I began to holler and guffaw so much so... We're the ladies. We're the women, I guess. Oh my gosh. Okay. The women... We were the women who laughed at her from the bathroom. We were the women laughing. I began to holler and guffaw so much so that I did indeed perish. Now I must possess the body of my dearest fried here in order (laughs) to let all all know how beautiful and precious this podcast is. After this, I shall pass the veil into the great over yonder. (laughs) Farewell, my friends, and listen to this podcast, if you dare. (laughs) Five stars. That's a ghost story. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty. Cool. I like so how, it's Brindley. Yeah, I think so. I like how the roommate uh, pointed and laughed as they lay dying on the ground. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, we've got like fourteen ratings, all five stars. Hey, we're making our way in the world. I have, I have about fourteen friends, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Do you have any more well jokes for us, Becca? Oh, you want to look up a wig joke? Oh, wig jokes. That is that is something I bring to the research, is I always have jokes. You do. You always, Why don't you have jokes? I don't know. I always forget to look up jokes, because I'm busy trying to figure out which century things happened in. Okay, top one. I thought my dad spent all his savings on an expensive wig, but one look, and I realized it was a small price to pay. <laughs> oh. Also, yeah, my browser does not like this website. It keeps, like, reloading. <laughs> It's it's actively infecting your phone. Um, all of these are small price toupees. Oh. Um, <laughs> all of these are small price toupees. You're on a website just like scrolling through sm- <laughs> through cheap toupees. Okay, okay someone's coming to get us. Bye. <laughs>